This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast, the podcast where we talk to brewery owners and ask questions about owning a brewery so that future brewery owners can learn a thing or two. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, I'll be emailing you a tutorial on how to do it. This is episode number 70, and in this episode, I sit down with Iker Eloriaga, co-owner of Tripping Animals Brewing Company in Doral, Florida. Iker tells us how Tripping Animals came up with the name for their brewery, how being humble is one of the biggest lessons he's learned so far since opening, and his most important brewing tip is to just be patient. Be patient waiting for that yeast to work its magic, be patient waiting for that beer to carbonate, and just be patient overall. Because when you screw up that homebrew, and it tastes horrible, and you're probably going to want to throw your glass across the room after all that time you just spent brewing and waiting. Can you tell I've been there before? One too many times. But I promise you they're getting better. Just be patient with me. Even though you've been patient enough waiting for me to just shut up and to start the interview with Ica. So sit back, crack open a beer, hopefully not a nasty homebrewed one, but a tasty homebrewed one, and enjoy the podcast. Iker Eloriaga grew up in Caracas, Venezuela. In his early 20s, Iker started to become interested in the craft beer world and the homebrewing aspect of it. In 2011, his cousin Juan Manuel Torres introduced Iker to some of his friends he had been homebrewing with, Daniel Chacaran and Ignacio Montenegro. The four would begin brewing beer out of Juan's garage. They would come up with wild concoctions and try to get their hands on whatever grains they could. Friends and family would stop by and tell them that their stuff was good enough to sell. That thought would stick with them as they continued to brew. After years of traveling to breweries all around the world and experimenting with different styles of brewing, the crew took a leap of faith and moved to Miami to pursue the next chapter of their brewing careers. 2018, Iker, Danny, Ignacio, and Juan found their dream location in Doral, Florida. And with that, Tripping Animals Brewing Company was born. And... Iker is here with me today. Iker, how's it going, man? How's it going, Michael? Thank you for, for having me and, and us at your podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for being on. I appreciate it. I know you guys were homebrewing for a while and you were looking for a spot before you before you came to Miami. Um, but what was that initial moment where you finally realized that you wanted to open a brewery? Yeah, um, when we started, like, really making the decision that we wanted to open a brewery that was in 2015 where basically craft beer was like booming you know in the united states as a as something that is almost like you know even though it has been hundreds of years existing it was basically like around between probably eight and six years when it just like blew up you know, that it got, like, the attention of a lot of people, like, you know, worldwide. Right, right. And, and, and at that time, when we were brewing, we saw the opportunity of, of doing something in Miami where even though there were some breweries already open, it was nothing compared to what we saw that was happening in other craft beer cities, you know, like, for example, Nashville or Denver or San Diego, you know where right. we have like 20 breweries in a mile. Yeah, right. You know, in Miami, I think like in 2022, we are at 24 breweries, you know? Which is or, like which is like nothing, yeah. It's nothing, yeah, right. it's nothing. It's wild. 
So during that process of opening your brewery from the moment you guys started looking for a spot to open to the moment when you finally opened your doors, what was the most challenging part for you? Well, the most challenging part is always like the, the lack of, of information, right? And, and, and that's totally a tie to, you know, the, the, lack of, the lack of experience and, and also being such a, like a new industry we face a lot of issues with our, with our, uh, you know, with with our permits, because there were a lot of things that the people who were coming to do the inspections, they didn't have the knowledge also to do a proper, you know, inspection. So it was kind of a challenge because at the same time that we we're learning ourselves or trying to figure out what's the best way of doing things, we have also to the opportunity to like almost educate and learn by hand with the rest of the people in the city, like involved in making a project like this happen. Right. So that was definitely one of the biggest uh, challenge. Gotcha. And I'm sure people ask you this all the time, but where did you come up with the name for your brewery? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, when, when, when we had the, the brand in Venezuela, all the, all the labels that we were doing were um, inspired in animals, right? Mainly. So we always had like that intention of like do something with animals. And when we were coming out with the concept, uh, tripping in Venezuela means actually like having fun. Right? Okay. So for us, it was just kind of like something that makes sense because that's the way that we see how we make beer. Right. You know? We're just a bunch of animals, you know, having fun. <laughs> right, fun. <laughs> I like that. And, and the idea is also for guests, you know, to live the same experience, but without to have to brew the beer, right? Like, they right. just come and just, like, enjoy yourself. Of so course. that's the, yeah, that's the origin of the name. And then when we, you know, started um, living here and learning more about the culture, uh, we realized that tripping also here had another meaning right. or like into you know like psychedelics yeah, and, right, and yeah. so so we embraced it you know we, we 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 made it part of our brand now like mushrooms are like your second logo you know all, all of our animals look like you know they're having way too much fun <laughs> but, but you know for, for us it's just again it's like just representing a, a lifestyle where we try to do things always the best way possible but the main goal is for people just to enjoy life you know like gotcha. the basic the basic things of life that is just having a good conversation with a friend or with a person that you're just knowing that day you know of things that are important for you and for that other person over a fresh cold you know craft beer awesome. that's the whole point i like it man i like it a lot i like the concept yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, where did you guys go about finding the capital to fund your business? Yeah, so uh, this is all a independent family-owned business. So basically what happened is the four main families, everybody turned around and start uh, raising funds within their families, you know, cousins right, right. And, and, and people that had the opportunity to, to put some money in the project. There were some families that they had the possibility of just in, in investing the capital directly into the brewery. And that's also one of the 
biggest challenge that we have, this question reminds me of the first question, that is when you're uh, an immigrant coming here to do business in the United States, you have no access or no possibility to the financial system. It takes almost like five years of doing business, building record, to be able to have like some type of access, right. some type of financement. So, so yeah, it was all raised on within our families, and that's how we started. Very cool. I like yeah, it, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. I think like when they did that, a lot of people thought that they were crazy, and look, so far it has worked. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you you opened up in in two thousand eighteen, correct? Yes. Okay, so 2018, and then you're probably um, almost about to hit two years, and then COVID hits and shutdowns yeah. and all that good stuff. Uh, how did you guys go about transitioning to make things work for you? Yeah, um, it was like 48 hours where we just started like drinking all the beer that we had in inventory. Right. Because we thought, you know, it was like, well, Either are like, or we're gonna die, or the business is gonna shut. But anyways, we're screwed, you know. So it was a a, a rough uh, week, you know, a, a lot of um, misinformation. Everybody very nervous. And then when we uh, got our stuff together, and we were like, all right, like we cannot allow this like to stop our dream, you know, becoming a reality. Basically, what happened is like our local community and our Florida community just answered like in an overwhelming way to support us when we started like opening our doors like for Crowder Cells and Four Packs to Go, which it was the way that it was like allowed to to do any type of sales out of the tap room, right? Like nobody inside, so we lose from one day to another 80% of our income. Right. And then one week after, we're almost doing the same amount of sales, just selling beer to go. So you're talking about days when we had releases of 300 people waiting in line to buy to buy our, our stuff, you know. That's pretty wild. So, so yeah, yeah, that, that was definitely one of the you know, most... Uh, beautiful experience that, that we had during the pandemic of just like seeing all, all of our, you know, uh, regulars, all the people from the community, and then a lot of people that like have heard from us, but had never had the opportunity to actually like be here in the tap room. But now, you know, they're in their house, maybe four hours away, but nothing to do. So people were just driving like from Orlando, from Tampa, from Daytona Beach, from wow. Delray. Like you mentioned it, and people were driving hours just to come to to buy our beers, you know. So that's something we're definitely going to be grateful, and we'll definitely never forget about, you know, those those uh very difficult months that that we that we had. And then uh, here in Florida, it's also like a completely different COVID experience compared to what happened, for example, in you guys in New York, right? Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and I understood it once I went to New York, you know, and talked to the, the homies over there that have their breweries. And they were explaining us, like, what was, like, the environment in New York City and, like, how hostile and how scary it was during, like, all this month of just, like, complete shutdown and just, like, 
waiting in your house, like hearing just ambulance and ambulance, you know. So we didn't have that in here in Florida. Right. Um, I don't know if because people here are more spread or like, you know, I'm not a doctor. So. Of course. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows the real reason, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only thing that I know is that we were lucky to, you know, to, to have a certain, um, you know, wiggle room within right. what was like okay with the authorities where, you know, they were encouraging to build a safe environment, but to be able, like, to open your doors sooner than later, right? Right. Different restrictions and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. With restrictions, with, you know, uh, with the mandates, with, like, uh, you have to sell more more food than beer, like, to be able to open. Right. Like, those are the type of things that were happening. It's like, you know, like, does this really make any sense, like, (laughs) COVID-wise? You know, like, or this is just like a weird, you know, situation. <laughs> right. So, so we had a little bit of that, but, you know, it was like for a couple of days. And then they just kind of like, you know, like just continued doing your, your regular business. But, you know, we did have the enforcement. Well, I, I already forgot, but I think it was like four feet between the tables or six feet between the tables. And then uh, lines for ordering and no contact. You know, we, we, we did the investment. And we did all the changes that we had to do in our tab room uh, to make it a safe environment, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, besides uh, a pandemic, what was something that you never thought you were going to have to deal with when opening a brewery? Yeah, so I have a couple of good ones. Okay. I would say the first one, it was definitely like the whole um, compliance aspect of selling beer. Okay. Um, especially when we talk about how different Dutch does each state work, it's almost like if you're working with a different country. So that was definitely some of the things that was like a surprise. I was like, okay, I didn't expect this. Uh, basically you have different laws and different regulations like on each state. And then you almost have counties within a state that also have like different regulations okay so that has been definitely really interesting and then the other part that has been also like really interesting and and a lot of of learning it's the whole uh side of the human resources of of an entrepreneur you know which i imagine that it not only goes like for breweries okay kind of like reflects in any entrepreneurship but definitely like having to make sure that everyone on the team is motivated is happy, is respecting each other. Right. It has been one of the things that it hasn't been a challenge because we really feel uh, blessed and, and very lucky to have a great team that is very passionate and very like proud, feel very proud of what they do and they feel proud of like being a tripping animals. Right. But it has been like at a personal level, like very like interesting for me to understand like the importance of, of having your team like involved and motivated, you know. Gotcha. Eye-opening experience. Yeah, for sure. Right. What qualities do you possess that make you a good business owner? The biggest uh, personal quality that I have is just like I feel that I am a person that have the capability of listening to everyone. You know, like I feel that it's very important, like to find a time 
to listen to everyone and not only of like what they need or what they expect on on the work aspect but also into their personal lives without getting into anyone's personal life because i don't like that and i wouldn't like anyone getting into my personal life right you know but i do care and i do focus a lot of like asking them every while and then like how you doing how your life how you feeling right you know and i think that's definitely one of my uh, you know most important strength i would say gotcha <laughs> the other one is like never panic if the building is in fire you don't panic and don't you know, panic exactly <laughs> figuring like, figuring out a solution dirty. right brother everything you're a firefighter man you know what i'm talking about. i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> Don't panic. Keep your head on straight and uh, figure out a solution. Exactly. Actually, two my, my two cousins that they live in here, they're also firefighters. Nice. So I was, that was I also one of the things that I was looking forward to talking to you because, you know, I respect their profession and also I've learned a lot from them of, like, what is this uh, culture, you know, base. And it's, it's, really, it's really nice to see how the community like respect and appreciate what you guys you know, right well right thank right. you man i appreciate that i really do yeah thank you and, and uh, hey man also shout out to the cops man you know like, oh of course the cops, the cops are they they always tell me my cousin's like bro i was between being a cop and a firefighter but i saw like everybody yeah. like you know felt about the cops it's a rough like, time hey, i'm gonna be a firefighter it's but a rough, anyway, a rough yeah. time rough time right now for the cops yeah you know? no man i can only imagine and, and the thing is like nobody likes to be told what they're doing wrong and that's the only thing that cops are there for right of course. <laughs> like, hey yeah. sir you're speeding like oh you're a piece of shit it's like no dude like you're speeding <laughs> you yeah, right. <laughs> no you're not doing the right thing uh you know well whatever people like you said exactly. people don't like to be told you know when they're doing the wrong thing but exactly that's that's the world we're living in now it's it's getting crazy but Hopefully things change for the better. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Yeah, no, there's, there's more good people than bad for sure, man. I, I, I like to believe that. What do you think's been the, the biggest lesson learned for you so far since opening? The biggest lesson learned, man, is to always be very humble. You, you never know when you're gonna be in the top, and you never know when you're gonna be in the bottom, and right. you never know like what curve his life is gonna bring you, right? Of course. So, so just being humble, I think it's uh, very helpful to just like don't be disappointed, you know, or don't disappoint anyone. So it's really about being humble and, and being honest. You know, that that's definitely like the biggest lesson that I've learned, especially like having to work with partners and having to, you know, say the good things, but also the bad. Right. Like right. that's definitely one of the biggest eye opener where Sometimes we don't like talking or saying the things that need to be improved because we think that the other person might feel another way. Right. But that usually just bring more problems, right? It's just like always better saying what what you think and and you know and, and, and facing it, right? Like the problems are there to be solved, you know? not to run away from them or try to blame on, on other people always. Right. I like that. I like that, man. Who I mean, I'm sure you've come across a lot of people in the beer industry, but uh, who do you think's inspired you specifically the most in the beer industry? I definitely have a couple of, of local 
brewery friends that they have been super inspiring from from the beginning to to the end. Like for example, one one name that comes straight to my head. Uh, his name is uh, John Falco. Oh, John! I know John. I just I actually just interviewed John. Uh, what? Yeah, I just, I just interviewed John from Link from Lincoln's Beard. He's a great guy, yeah. man. I met him Yo. in person when when I was down there last time. He's a phenomenal, dude. That's so awesome, man. That's that's a funny coincidence. Yeah, man. He's he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, bro. Like Falco, he is uh, inspiration for for me because he takes care first of his team. Then he takes care of his team, and then he takes care of his team, and then everything works for him, right? right? Because he knows his priorities, he understands the value of giving back to the community that is giving you everything, he understands the value of creating an experience beyond just brewing a beer. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and also being a, an ex-military, uh, you know, like, yes. of course, He's an uh, Air Force guy. you know, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's like every time I, I, I see him, like, I know that I'm going to have a great time either because we're going to have a very deep conversation that you usually cannot have with anyone nowadays. Right. Or because we're just going to laugh until we're cracked, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with, with Falco. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good dude, man. And and he's, I mean, like, I feel like he's, he's all over the place with uh, as far as opening different places not only a brewery i mean he's got like the pizza shop the ice cream place i mean he now he's opening like a speak he has a speakeasy and it's just like it's yeah i mean it's, it's, it's yeah, the imagination it is, is crazy man yeah dude that's yeah that's 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 so inspiring man and, and yes. see like how he has built it and and you know and, and how far like a house he go like i'm just excited to to see what what he's gonna keep bringing to the table, and, and you know it, it's like at the end of the day, like inspiration comes out of like respect of what the other people are doing and then the way they're doing it, right? Right. And 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 that's him, you know. It's it's just like if we have the opportunity, right, to take over a space and give a better experience to the customers, like that was going to that place before. Or if it's a new place that had nothing there before, but you're giving the opportunity to the local community to live that experience, that's really all about it. And that's what like I feel that he has been like focusing in with all these opens that places that you mentioned that he opened, right, right. where they're really like in areas that they're like highly, highly like residential like community areas where there was almost none of this type of, you know, uh, hospitality business. And he's taking a risk because he understands the value of like bringing something like that into a community that didn't have it before. Right. right? So I would say he's a trendsetter, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. That's great. That's great to have somebody that, that, that's, you know, that's so close by too, that you can, you can bounce ideas off of, you know, that's, uh, oh, yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, yeah. hundred percent. That's the other thing, man. That guy it's an open book for us. Anything that I need to know or that we need to know, uh, better said, we just gotta ask him and, and and he'll 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 answer. Right. So speaking of success, how do you define success? And also is there a moment that sticks out for you 
where you saw your your business going in the right direction? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna start with the second question. Okay. I f- I feel like all of my doubts were like answered the first day that we opened the doors. You know, like the first day that we opened the doors, we had like over 300 people like show up. That's awesome. And and that was not a coincidence. You know, that was a lot of years of of hard work and a lot of time and money invested into homebrewing, assisting all assisting to all the local events, traveling to other state, like to meet people to see what people were doing in other breweries. So like from day one, you really felt that we had like the opportunity to to build something special, you know, within within the space and outside of the brewery, like with distribution, right? Right. And then on the on the success question, that's a, that's a good one, you know, um, because it can be measured for from so different ways. Like sure. nowadays, like for be success, it's almost like just being alive, you know. Hey, <laughs> man. The, that's why I, that's why I asked that question. I like to take. I want to hear everybody's intake, you know, input on what what do they think success is to for them, you know, personally. Yeah, I mean success. Right, for the, the success that really matter for us is the success of, of seeing our, our, our employees and, and the family that we have built here all with good health. It's the success is to see that they are motivated and happy with what they're doing. And, and the success is like that we are giving them also opportunities to grow within the company. Right. Right. Um, you know, like that's, that's what, really like defines the, the the success for 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 us in here and then of course you have the financial part where where you need to have you know the the numbers at least in, in orange or, or in yellow before going to green you know so right. that it can allow you the the stability that as as a as a company you need also to 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 provide you know the the pro, the best conditions you know, for, for your employees while at the same time, you know, returning the investment. So, well, that's more, that's a different thing. Like money is definitely not success. Right. Money is just there and it's what it is. I know sometimes owning a business can get a little overwhelming. How important is a mental break for you? And what does that look like? Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Like if, if there is this saying that I like a lot, that is like, if you're not good with yourself, you cannot do good to others, right? right? Um, so if you're in a in a spot with for whatever reason that that you're not like good with yourself, it's really tough to have like a positive good environment in your workplace. You know. So with that said, basically my my break or, or, or my mental peace it comes like to traveling to a place that has the highest mountain where I can kind of like get lost there (laughs) for, for a couple of days, you know, connect, connect to, to nature, um, have no phone signal and share also with my wife that, you know, she puts also a lot of effort on an understanding in all the hours that we spend, you know, in the business. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, but definitely like my biggest thing is just yeah, traveling for sure. Awesome. 
Yeah, love yeah. seeing the world. Love going to different breweries as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. When, when, when we travel, it's like, oh, let's check brewery. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like that's it, man. That's it. You know, every time I'm like, well, what breweries are in the area where we're going to be staying, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I thought we were going to do something different. It's like, well, we have never been before. It's different, you know? Like, yeah, just stop in for one. It's just one. Exactly. Exactly. You got to... You got to start, uh, you know, playing your cards smartly. Right, yeah. So what was your, uh, I would love to know this, what was your gateway beer into the craft beer world? What was that beer that kind of opened your eyes to, to craft beer? This is a question that they have done to me already a couple of times, and I think that I need to find a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Your answer is your answer, really, you know? It's really, it's really, yeah, for me, it was more... The, a style of beer, okay. more than like one beer per se. Okay, well, what, what so, was it? What was the style, yeah. and do you know what what beer it was? Yeah, the IPAs. When when I started drinking IPAs for the first time. Do you know what, was, what which beer put you on to the IPAs, or? Bro, that's that's the thing. It's crazy because it was not like one specific beer that I can like recall. Okay, that was like, oh, this is so special. But I think that was already like already like a little bit after I was already like into craft beer. Okay. I remember drinking a civil society IPA and that was like I don't remember it was fresh or pulp, like one of their core IPAs. Okay. And I remember like drinking that and being like, Okay, this is a special, you know. Right. Right. So so yeah, that 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 definitely one was the the brewery that kind of like make that like before and after you know in for me. Gotcha. And uh, and if you had one home brewing tip that you'd like to share or pass on to somebody that home brews, what would it be? Be patient. <laughs> be patient. Yeah. Yeah, man. Beer, beer, beer. Right. It's about having fun, you know. Right. And and. W- when you're having fun, like you cannot rush things. And, and one of the things that we have learned here with beer is like it takes its time, right? For to, sure. To be, yeah, to be where it's want to be, you know. So you gotta be patient. If the beer is not good, you gotta be patient because it's not gonna be good the first time, you know. Like you're you're working home brewing with difficult conditions, right? You right. don't have equipment to really control um, all the parameters and all the things that you need to control, like to get the quality of the product that you're expecting, right? Right. So, yeah, just be patient and, and enjoy enjoy what you're doing. You know, it's, it sounds very generic, but, you know, of I'm course. also not a, but it's the not truth. a brewer. So. <laughs> right. It's the absolute truth, though. But um, what's next for your brewery? What does the future look like for tripping animals? Um, so in the near future, we're looking into expanding uh, into a tap room. You know, get a get a second like tap room location okay. here in Florida. That's definitely something that we got on the works. Um, we also have a big festival on April twenty third. It's gonna be the Irie Jungle. Oh we're yeah, I saw that. That looks very cool, man. Yeah, it's gonna be rad. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be cool. So we have that. We're also working and, and, and starting to cook some cool NFT project 
for for our community. So we also have that on the work. Okay. And then we are on the constant, you know, quest of trying to improve our beers. So that's something that, you know, is always going to be there in our priorities too for, for, for our plans. Right. And if uh, somebody came to you and asked you for advice on opening their own brewery, what would you tell them? To have at least half more of the money in the bank ready to spend. <laughs> right. Take whatever it is and double it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, if you have the possibility of doubling it, double it. Right. You know, like, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of things that you figure down along the way that they just take time and money. Nothing more sad than seeing a project start and then die before it starts. Yeah, so. never gets finished, right? never get finished and and also like hey man like go out there talk to breweries you know like there's a lot of people in this industry willing to help and to give information because to a certain extent that's what most of us have done before we open the brewery right you visit right. all the breweries you learn and you educate yourself about the laws and the compliance that you have for where you want to open and you listen to the stories of success and failure that other people had, so you try to, you know, save some time and money. Of course. Well, yeah, that's uh, kind of why I wanted to start this podcast. They're trying to get inside people's heads, you know, help out future brewery owners. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, I know. And did you happen to have a funny story for us? Every time we travel and we go out of state, we just have too much fun sometimes, you know. Sometimes it doesn't feel fair because it doesn't feel like it's work. You know? Of course, of course. So you know, when you're, with, go good, when you're with good company, it's it's always going to be good times, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. So, you know, it's a bunch of creating people, creative people, like drinking beer. So it's, it's definitely always, it's, it's always good times. I had this one story on a, on a trip that we did to Denver to our first JBF. Okay. I went with a brewer at that time, uh, Jack. So I, I, I reserved it. The, tick, the plane tickets, I reserved the Airbnb, everything is set to go. We get to the Airbnb, of course, I did that last minute, so everything was booked. So we had to stay like in a, like in, in a suburb of Denver. So, you know, kind of sketchy. We get the Airbnb, the code that we had was not working for the door. So I had to go to the lady on, on her house that she was like the, the building. And she literally like walked through the back of the... <laughs> walked through the back of the house like came in and opened the door she's like oh here you go guys and we were like all right that's doesn't look too safe but whatever so we get there we drop our stuff our uh, jack said like dude i'm not leaving my stuff in here that you saw how she just got in the house right. i left everything i left everything in there we go to the jbf we had a great day amazing we're super tired it's like 12 30 at night we're getting back at the house I'm trying to open the door. I smell like this, like super fresh, like wheat smell, right. you know, like coming from within the house. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like this is kind of weird, but whatever. I open the door and I see a guy like laying on a couch, on the couch, like placing a joint at one in the morning. <laughs> and the moment that I turn back, like I don't see the, my brewer anymore. <laughs> you already like left the premises. <laughs> I'm out of here. 
And that was it because I was like, yo, like, what the fuck? You guys are being Airbnb. And they were like, no, this is my Airbnb. So I was like, bro, like, open the door, like, go to the room, like, open the drawer. My passport is in there. Yeah. Bro. So, you know, it got a little bit tense. You know, like, suddenly, like, four guys show up, like, from different rooms. Oh, and everybody God. was like, oh, well, Jack was already, like, calling her, her friends from other breweries, telling them that. That he was gonna crash with them, and I was like, "Dude, are you crazy? Like, we pay for this, you know? Like, yeah. like we're not leaving. We got here first. Oh so my they god! Had, yeah, they had some ladies with them on the group. So I was like, "Hey, you know what, man? You guys, you guys got your girlfriends in here. Like, I'm not gonna put the girls like through this. Like, like let me just grab myself and 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 you know, and, and we'll find our way. Right. So that's what we did. We we took her thing, left, like knock on the door, and the lady, and we like, yo, like." This just happened, like, just give me your money back. And then she was like, oh, my God, I gave you the wrong number of the house. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> you know, it was, the, it was the, the house, like, next to it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. And so that everything worked out. And then, of course, my brew was like, oh, you're crazy. I was like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're a chicken, you know, like, you're a coward. Like, like the Airbnb was ours. I was like, no, I'm not trying to get stopped in Denver. I was like, all right, you're right. <laughs> that wouldn't be, that'd be a good name for uh, for a beer, maybe, stabbed in Denver, but I don't know if, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would actually want it to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how the sales are going to go for that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's hilarious. What a disaster. Oh my god! Yeah, completely. And of course, every time that I had to book a flight, he was on top of me and saying that I was a mess, that it was all my fault. Right. And that. Of course. Yeah. It's always good time. No, no. Yeah, for sure. And I have a little segment called Quick Fire Five: Five Quick Questions, Beer Related. Ready? Yeah. Yep. So somebody comes into your brewery. What's one of the beers you recommend they try? No mames or Mexican lager. Mexican lager. Okay. Uh, if you can collaborate with any other brewery on a beer, who would it be? Uh, Trillium. Trillium. I love Trillium, yeah. man. Trillium is great. Yeah. yeah, one of those guys, it would be huge for us. Right. Just because of, of like the appreciation that we have for, for their products, you know? Right. Favorite style of beer? Lager. Lager. Favorite name you've come up with for one of your beers? And we have a bunch of crazy names. Uh, it's a triple IPA, and it's called Mahi Vidit. So the name of the beer is like actually like the fish, Mahi, and then Vidit. And then on the label, we put like Ma, comma, he did it. So, yeah. Mahi did it. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool one. And it's a great beer. So. The green label? Yeah, see you, man. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. And you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? It doesn't have to be yours. It could be somebody else's, whatever. Oh, bro. I would definitely would grab a Helles beer from Beerstadt. All right. Well, Iker, that's all I got for you, man. Well, Michael, thank you so much, bro, for your time. Man. It's been really fun and interesting sharing with you this you know minutes yeah uh, please make sure to send me your address and i'd love to send you some beers your way 
Oh, I'd love that. Drink some trooping animals while you edit the podcast. Oh, I'd love that, man. I would truly appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Thank you for taking out the time. Finally, glad we we were able to link up and make this happen. Of course, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate what you do. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew Old Order podcast. Here with Iker El Oriaga, co-owner of Tripping Animals Brewing Company in Doral, Florida. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to my interview with Iker El Oriaga, co-owner of Tripping Animals Brewing Company in Doral, Florida. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, or you're just moving down there because that's where everybody seems to be moving, definitely check those guys out. They got some amazing beers. Also, give them a follow on social media while you're at it. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe, and you'll never miss one. Also, give us a follow on social media, because I'm always on there doing some wacky stuff. And in episode 71, we're switching it up. We're going video. We're going high-tech, baby. So check that out as well on our YouTube channel. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.